Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study this morning here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, Crossway Church here in Queen City, Texas. Uh, we're located right on Highway 59, right across the street from Dollar General. If you're in the area and you're looking for a church that uh, preaches and teaches God work, God's Word in the context of the living Word, His name is Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary. That, therefore, you can learn to grow and be equipped for the work of the ministry. You can be more than just a casual attender. You can actually be a part of a church where God is assembling. He's building His people together in love, and we're just so thankful for what God's doing among us and through us here at Crossway Church. Praise God for you, uh, those of you who watch the broadcast. And today is Romans chapter 8, part 38. And uh, on the uh, 20th day of February here in 2020, and I encourage you to go back to chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, I know it's been a while, but I guarantee it. If you go back with your Bible and you follow along day by day in this study, God will do some amazing things in your life as you realize that you will begin to learn the genuineness of truth in God's Word. You know, it's only those who are after the truth of God's Word who are going to find the light and find the, the, the way to follow Jesus. It's not those who just know they need to be in church and because it's an, uh, you know, uh, the right thing to do. It's those who are after the truth of God's Word. And that means Jesus. They're after Jesus. They're, we're learning Christ in the Scriptures, and we're, and, and we're learning that uh, before the foundation of the world, God slay, sl had His Son slain before it ever began in the plan of God, and then Jesus showed up in these last days for you and me and carried that plan out, and then you and I came along and we believed upon Him. But it's always been about the sacrifice of Christ since we fell and gave away in the garden that which we had. And we'll be talking a little bit more <clears throat> excuse me, about that today, about the devil. He is a thief, but the way he steals, he does not come up and knock you in the head and, and just take things away from you when you're asleep. He takes things away as we give them to him through receiving the lies he offers. That's how he steals. He doesn't just come up and take things away. He can't do that. So the Bible teaches that he can steal the word right out of our heart. He can take it out of our heart. But the way he does that, he doesn't just show up and just take it out. He shows up and offers something different than the truth that we believed. And we, we let it go. We let it slip. We, we give what we have away. That's what Adam and Eve did. They gave what they had away. Yes, the devil is a thief and a liar. But they gave away through their disobedience to God by heeding another voice. They gave away. Yes, that was a manipulative way that the devil was stealing. But the way he steals is when we give away through some manipulative lie he's telling us, such as the cross is not really the full answer. It's really not needed in every message. It's not, it's, it's, it's really, you can't be that radical. But there are those who realize what they have now by the hearing of faith, 
that came through the preaching of the cross, Galatians 1, I'm sorry, Galatians 3, 1 through 3, they realized the avenue through which this hearing of faith came that brought the Spirit and even began to see miracles among them. Faith in the cross alone. They're learning that. We're learning that. And therefore, we're also learning not to move from that. Makes no difference where God leads you to minister from the Word of God. All of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And no matter where He leads you, if faith comes from hearing the word in its righteous context, then the fruit of that will be, number one, the fruit of the Spirit. Number two, equal to that first one, the fruits of righteousness. You can't separate those two. And I'm thankful to be learning that today. I hear so many testimonies literally now coming in from all over the world saying how, how, how they're now understanding the Bible. They're now understanding the Word of God. It's, it's, it's like the light comes on. It's, it's simple. It's, it's made simple. For before this message came into our heart, we were confused about so many things. But the truth of Christ in Him crucified is what turns the light on to God's Word and removes confusion. Every little bit of liberty and more liberty that we experience, something or some things are going by the wayside. More and more confusion is leaving as the truth of God's word comes in. More and more, more liberty. So that's what that's what we're after. We're after to learn Christ, and after every Bible study, after every worship service, after every person you're listening to that's declaring the word of God, when it's all over. Listen, if the picture of Christ is not bigger and a greater trust in Him and what He's provided through Calvary, I mean, and a greater awareness that your faith has to be in that alone, if that's not taking place, then we just gave away and wasted our time. If we're not redeeming, there's point you to Calvary with that word, if we're not redeeming the time, we're wasting the time. And there's absolutely no way of redeeming time without faith in the sacrifice. All the study of God's Word outside of that object of faith is not going to end up, not going to result in, in redeeming of the time. It's going to end up in a waste of time. Now, we can learn Scripture. We can learn how to turn and where it's at. and We can even learn Scriptures in the Bible concerning any issue that anybody might be having. And we might be able to throw Scripture out 100 miles an hour for somebody's any problem they be having. Well, this is what God's Word says about that. And God's Word also says this about that. And we can build a case with God's Word. But unless we're pointing them to the sacrifice, you need to understand Unless you're pointing them to the sacrifice, there's not going to be any light to walk in. It's the blood of Jesus that lights up the path of God's Word for us. Outside the blood, even in the Old Testament, when after they read the law, they had to sprinkle it with blood. Because the Word without faith in the blood is absolutely nothing to us. You need to know that. You need to realize that. You need to walk in that. You need, to, you need to let go of everything that's not pointing you to the cross. 
And let me say this before we dig in this morning. I'm not talking about ministers who say the word cross. I'm not talking about ministers who, who use certain terminology every once in a while. I'm talking about God is raising up an army of believers in this 23-year-old reformation we've stepped into now who are preaching God's word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing means truth, nothing else. It's truth. They're preaching God, teaching God's word in the context of Christ, the living word, and what he did at Calvary. That's right. There can be 10,000 sermons, but the message within every sermon must be Christ and what he's accomplished for us at Calvary through his death as the object of our faith never leaves that, never leaves that. And if we just assume as ministers that that's where the people's faith is, like this woman told me a few months ago, I don't know what you're talking about. You're just trying to get everybody out of their church and into yours. We, we, the cross has been being preached for 2,000 years. It has for salvation, initial salvation, but Christians have not known any, anything about the cross for daily living. I guarantee it, that same person who said that is trusting in something they're doing for the righteous fruits of the Lord, for deliverance, for, for escape from some pollution that's trying to hold them in bondage. I guarantee it. They're trying to do something. So watch this now as we move through Romans chapter 8, verse 35 this morning. Uh, this is part 38 again, and uh, this is just such a wonderful teaching. I, I really hope that, that you're hearing what the Lord is trying to impart to you. Truth. Truth. The truth of God's Word. It's Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. That's not just initial salvation and free from sin. There's things that you and I need to be free from every day. We're free now from a trip to hell. We're on our way to heaven. We're no longer the children of the devil. We're the children of God. And he's, he's freed me from hell. He's delivered me from, from going to hell. He's delivered me from this and that. But he's also delivering me from me. And that's what we need to be hearing. Because it's not the big ten things the list of Big Ten, the gambling, the lying, the cheating, the sexual perversions. It's those things such as envy and strife and malice and things that only you and God know about. He's still trying to deliver us from us. And the honest person will admit in a heartbeat that we still need to be delivered. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Now it's going to get real serious here today about this because there's so much heresy in the church, uh, that once saved, always saved, damnable, fleshly uh, doctrine uh, of devils uh, that says, you, you know, there's uh, something they call unconditional eternal security. It's not unconditional. Salvation is very conditional. It's by grace. That means what God did in Christ at Calvary through faith, that means through your believing in what Christ did at Calvary. Without anybody believe, anybody that doesn't believe that's the way to be born again, saved from their sins, and that alone is not going to heaven. It's conditional. And then, once you're born again, 
The Bible has many scriptures in the New Testament that won't be understood, that will never be able to be grabbed a hold of and will always be confusing if you're clinging to that damnable fleshly heresy of once saved, always saved. Like you can't throw your salvation away. Like you can't walk away. There's many in the New Covenant we read about who did. And they still are. And we'll see some of that this morning. So, again, Romans 8, 35, the Bible says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? These things, tribulation, these situations we find ourselves in. The Bible says these things cannot separate us from the love of Christ. It doesn't tell us that they can't. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he lists all these things. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or pearl or sword. And he goes on to say, as it is written, for your sake we are killed, slaughtered all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we I hope you can just understand the significance of the word we here. For it is the word that speaks of us who are saved and us who are learning what Paul is writing, the way the Holy Spirit works, the law of the Spirit of life, and how we're justified, how, he, how the Holy Spirit works in our life, how he keeps us in the path of righteousness, the path of truth. And I hope you're, that's the we. Nay, in all these things, in all what things? In the tribulations, the distresses, the persecution, the famine, the nakedness, the peril, the sword, in all these things we are more than conquerors, here it comes, through him that loved us. And that speaks of Calvary. For, because at Calvary is where he manifests his love toward us. That's what the Bible says in 1 John 4, 9 and 10. In this was manifest the love of God. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and gave his only begotten Son. Write it down, look at it later. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Reveal to us that the cross is the manifestation of God's love. The greatest the fullness of the manifestation of God's love. And God is love. So when we look at the cross and don't stop looking at what Christ did for us, our Father did for us in His Son, Jesus Christ at Calvary, there's where we see the love of God manifest to us, shed abroad in our hearts from that place because we believe upon Christ and we keep believing upon Christ. Even when tribulations come and we're distressed and we're persecuted and famine takes place, nakedness, we're, I mean, what, what would happen if you were placed in a cave today as a Christian and, and you were naked and because they'd stripped you and your family of everything you had, even your clothes, and, and sent you running for your life into the woods or the hills or the whatever, and you were having to live in a cave because of your faith. Now today, folk can't even go to church. That's how, this is how backslidden the church, they'll make every excuse in the world about why they can't go to church. My Lord, if things like this happen, 
persecution. Man, if persecution began to take place in the church today, it's like I heard a preacher recently say that if, if the Lord, he won't, but if the Lord were to take his Holy Spirit away from the church, off the earth completely, things would just keep going pretty much like they are now because the most of what's happening is nothing more than men working. It's not the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about that. If the Holy Spirit can't get you up and out of your house and in a church to worship God, to be equipped for the work of the ministry, to grow and to be edified among a community of believers, what's going to happen when these things start happening? Because more than likely, some of this started happening. A little tribulation began to happen. It's why we on the couch calling ourselves a media member when we could be planted in the house of God somewhere. Come on now. I'm not talking about folk that don't have a true gospel preaching church to go to. I'm talking about people who do. Think about that. I want to give you some scriptures this morning that'll help you. Let me say it again. If you're clinging to that once saved, always saved best, that heresy, that you're being taught all your life, that you, no matter what you do, you, could, you can't ever walk away from Christ. That's not in the Bible. What is in the Bible is that you can be spewed out of the mouth of Christ. Don't turn that into something that's not. That's talking to saved people. If, you, if you've been taught that your name can't be blotted out, you've been lied to. That, that's to saved people in the book of Revelation. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says that we are to take the more earnest heed to those things we've heard unless we let them slip away. And let me say something again about the devil, the way he steals the word. Because he is the thief, John 10 and 10. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he does that. He cannot just walk up and take anything from you. You have to let it slip away by not clinging to the cross. Faith in the cross. It's not, listen, well, I've been in church all these years and had my kids in church all these years. I don't understand why all this is happening to me. Well, maybe your faith has been in you being in church all these years. That's not the object of faith. There's no telling how many mothers that I have heard through the years say, I don't know why my kids turned out like they have. I had them in church all their life. All their young years, they were in church every Sunday. And the Bible says if you train them up in the way they should go, they won't depart from it. And what they don't understand is the way they should go is not the church house. But yes, we should be in church, but we should be in church who's focused on the gospel. As a matter of fact, Peter writes to the church in Philippi and says that we all should be striving together for the faith of the gospel. We can't do that if we're not hearing the gospel. We can't do that if we're hearing other things that we like more than the gospel. We've turned our, our interest away from the gospel to other things. And we need to think about that this morning. Are we hearing the gospel? The gospel is the message of the cross. Is that what we're hearing when we're hearing the word of God? And we need to think about that. If Jesus taught in Matthew 24, verse 12, that Love is going to wax cold, grow cold, because iniquity is abounding in the last days. And it's happening. Love grows cold. We let it slip away because iniquity is abounding. And that doesn't mean iniquity around us. That means 
iniquity in, in our hearts. See, love is either abounding in our hearts or iniquity is abounding. And we have to never let go of the truth that Jesus taught. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You won't make excuses as to why you're not keeping my commandments. Jesus went on and narrowed it down a little bit more. He that is not keeping my commandments, and the word of God is the commandments, doesn't love me. That's where the rubber meets the highway. Are you living an obedient life to Christ? And I know right here is when the devil whispers into our ears and states something that is very factual. Nobody's perfect. God is merciful. He'll tell you those things. They're facts. He'll tell you those things if he knows that those things right there will hold you steady in a place of disobedience while you let what you have had slip away manipulatively by the enemy take it away from you. Think about that. These things listed here, they can't separate us from the love of Christ, but the Bible says in Galatians 1 and 6, I can remove myself from him. And you always have to look back at stories in the New Testament, such as Galatians chapter 2, when Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, and he tells them of a story about him and Peter and some other people in Antioch and how Peter moved into a place of hypocrisy. And it doesn't mean Peter was no longer justified. It means that his actions were no longer justified. Now, now you need to know that. You are just justified in the eyes of God through your initial faith, whenever that was in the blood of Jesus, you were accepted by God as a child of God, declared righteous, made a servant of righteousness, and you are just in the eyes of God. But that doesn't mean that our faith today is still proper and that we're still on the path of the just. And when Peter did what he did, you can read about it in Galatians chapter 2. I'm not going all into it this morning. It doesn't mean you're no longer justified. It means now your works are not justified. The path you're on is not the path God puts you on. And that's, and that's not because the devil took you and just moved you away. It's because we removed ourselves from him. And again, the devil can't just steal anything from you at will. We have to give him the right to by believing what he's offering us in a trade for the truth. Look back at Adam and Eve. The devil lied to the devil didn't walk in and just knock them out and take over. The devil had to manipulatively get them to believe him instead of the word of God. And when they did, they let what they had slip away, and when you let what you have slip away, it slips away to another place of authority. Never forget that. What, what you have as a child of God, as long as your faith is in the cross of Jesus Christ, today, not just to get you in, but today to live for God in victory, to receive all grace for all things God's called you to. When your faith is in the cross of Christ, the enemy can't triumph over you. The enemy can't have dominion over you. The sin nature remains dormant and cannot dominate you, Romans 6.14. Now, I want you to think about that. 
But when we begin to believe something that is not the truth, something that may be written, that is written in thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of books with pretty covers and catchy phrase titles on the cover of how you can be free from this and delivered from that. If it's not pointing to the cross, you won't have freedom. And if you think you got freedom through some other avenue than the cross, you did not. You did not. You didn't get freedom from the hand of God. God works through faith in the cross, for there's where his grace comes from. And when I say grace, you need to understand grace is what God does. God saves. God delivers. God heals. God does these things. And he does it. It's called by grace. That's God working, God doing, God teaching, God whatever it is. God is doing it. And he does it through faith. By grace through faith. Now think about this. We can let what we've heard slip away. But the only way we let this truth we've heard slip away is if we're hearing something else that we're, we are allowing to come in and take its place. And in that process, Galatians 1 and 6 and Galatians 5, 1 through 4, we are removing ourselves from him. God doesn't run from us. God doesn't leave us. God doesn't forsake us, but we forsake him. When we, were, when we forsake truth, exclusive faith in the cross of Christ, we're removing ourselves from him. Doesn't mean we're lost, but it means we're headed in a, in, in a wrong direction. We're headed in a, in, a, in, a, in a direction that our faith can become shipwrecked. That we can let what we've heard, what, slip away. We can't. Listen, all my life I was taught that, you know, that the Lord's knocking on the door of the hearts of the world. And he is through the preaching of the gospel. But when that's written in Revelation chapter 2, it's he who's knocking at the door to, 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 so that we can get back together and sup again. That's written to the church. That is written to the church for the church. He's knocking on the door so that we'll recognize it's we're out of fellowship with him. We've removed ourselves from him. We come back to the cross. We allow God to place us in churches that's preaching the cross. Then things are going to change. Everything's going to change for us. Here's the way this whole thing works according to God's word. If I'm out of the way, God's going to send somebody to tell me, I need to get back in the way. He's going to send somebody preaching the gospel. I'm going to get irritated at first because my flesh don't like it. I don't think it's, I, I, I know about the cross. I'm, I was saved by the cross, but why am I going to listen to the cross now? I mean, I mean, come on now. Why do we need the cross now? Because God will not operate outside of my faith in the cross. He won't. I remove myself from him from through every other thing I put my faith in. If I think that I can play Christian radio in my house 24-7 and that's going to kick the devils out of my house, I'm trusting in that. That's not the work of Christ at Calvary. If I'm trusting in what I put in the offering plate, if I'm trusting in anything other than the very work of Christ at Calvary, then my faith is not proper. And grace, what God does, can't function like, it, like it's supposed to, like he's supposed to. Because I removed myself from him. We need to know these things. We can let what we've heard slip away. 
many have. Love only can wax cold, grow cold in the, in the hearts of those who have had it shed abroad in their hearts through iniquity. Philippians chapter 1 teaches a powerful a lesson. I'm preaching on it right now the last couple of services here at Crossway Church that love abounds in knowledge and in all judgment. Philippians 1 and 9. And if lo- let, me hear, let me say something today. If love's not abounding, iniquity is. If love is not abounding, iniquity is. If love's not abounding, love is waxing cold, growing cold. And if that's happening, it's because our faith is not right. See, let me tell you a couple things here at the end of this teaching today. Galatians 5 and 6 says that faith works by love. Write that down. Make a note of it. Faith doesn't work by if you're circumcised or not circumcised or if you eat this or you eat that. No, faith doesn't work by any of that. Faith works by love. And that's Galatians 5 and 6. Galatians 2 and 20 tells us this life that we live now as the children of God, we live by the faith of. Everybody say of. Of. We got, we got saved when we placed faith in Christ and now we live by the faith of the Son of God. We really got saved by the faith of the Son of God. He tasted death by grace for all men, Hebrews 2 and 9. By grace, through faith, at the cross. Jesus, it all starts with him. That grace, that faith, even that humility. Humility doesn't exist in the eyes of God until we come to the cross, till we come to Christ through faith in the cross. That humility is our humility. That grace is our grace. That faith is We've received the measure, Romans 12, 3, of that faith. The faith we live by right now as Christians, we live by the faith of the Son of God. What did he do by that faith? He loved us because faith works by love and gave himself for us. And true faith, true biblical faith, is faith in Christ and his sacrificial work. And that faith will allow you to follow Christ. That faith, in that faith, you will find the power daily to deny yourself of all those things that you could start to believe that would allow this truth of Christ and Him crucified to slip away and you begin to remove yourself from Him, as Peter did at Antioch. And we read about it again in Galatians chapter 2. Go read that sometime. You will find it very precious. And and the remaining part, the last part of Galatians chapter 2, is a message preached by Paul to Peter and those who were there listening that who walked into hypocrisy because they followed Peter. How many saints today are following preachers who are refusing to preach this message? Oh, they say they know it's true, and they occasionally tap on it. But unless we're laying with the Word of God, unless we're pointing with the Word of God to Christ and Him crucified, the righteousness of God's Word is not going to be there. The Bible says, He who speaks truth shows forth righteousness. 
And God's word is truth, but all God's words are in righteousness. And righteousness only has one avenue through the death of Jesus, Galatians 2 and 21. It's the only avenue of righteousness. The word of God, God's words that are in righteousness are only revealed to us through the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. It is this narrow. It is this narrow. It is this blessed. It is this good. It is the place we can walk and never let it slip away that we will find the light growing brighter, the grace exceeding abundantly more and more in our lives, and we need to hear this every day, all day long. God bless you. I love you. I, I praise God for what we are learning in this great last days reformation. Reforming us, bringing us back to that form of doctrine that saved us initially. See, reform <coughs> excuse me, is like a rerun. You watch a rerun on television. It's something you've already seen. Reforming. God is reforming once again through the message of the cross, his people. And it's through that sound doctrine that began to form us into the image of Christ. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to be in this. I'm thankful for the, the more and the more people, uh, of God's people who are catching catching this, seeing this, finally understanding this, and, 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 and determining more and more daily to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Help us pray for us. So into the ministry at the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can text it on your phone to us at 903-231-5950. Don't listen to the naysayers that say it's not all about the cross, for it is all about the cross. And when Jesus comes riding on that white horse, he's going to be wearing a vesture dipped in blood that stained all the way back from before the foundation of the world, the same place that we were chosen in Christ. I love you. God bless you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. I'll see you then.